Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. All right, on this short segment, we're going to talk about evangelism a little bit, a couple of tips here. And many of you already know, and you're finding out that as we minister the good news of Jesus Christ, people are going to feel convicted. They're going to be convicted of their sins. When they hear some of the Ten Commandments, it's going to expose them as sinners, and that's exactly what it's designed to do. I had not known lust, Paul said, except the law said, Thou shalt not covet. Romans chapter 7, etc. The law is the schoolmaster to bring people to Christ. Hallelujah. Galatians 3.24. We can't keep the law, especially unsaved people. You know, in particular, unsaved people cannot keep the law. It's not designed for them to try to keep, as the Catholic Church teaches and other religions, but it's designed to expose just how sinful we really are and make our sin exceedingly sinful. Romans chapter 7 so that we come to the realization that we really do need Christ and that we begin to see how important it is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And this is what Paul taught in 1 Timothy chapter 1 concerning the law. You know, you can use the law lawfully. You use it lawfully for the sinners, not made for the righteous. The righteous keep the law by walking in the spirit, not by trying to keep the law, but by walking in the spirit according to the book of Romans. We established the law, Romans 3, 31, etc. So, according to the glorious gospel, the apostle Paul taught us that the law is to be used for sinners and not for the righteous. 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 7, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm, but we know that the law is good, if a man use it lawfully or correctly, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So the apostle of Jesus here, the apostle Paul, tells us that according, quote, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, unquote, the law is to be used for the ungodly, for the unrighteous, not for the righteous. And so as we minister the law of God, which must be an absolute major mainstay component of all evangelism, no matter what it is that you're dealing with, no matter what person you're dealing with, whether he's Catholic, Muslim, whether he's Mormon, don't worry about all that. You're dealing with a sinner. That's all that matters. Their label really doesn't matter so much. 
What matters is that you share the law with them in the love of God to begin to break them down to realize they have no cloak, no covering, no solution for their sin outside of Jesus Christ. See, then you come in later with the mercy of God that he shed abroad abundantly upon us through Jesus Christ our Lord, Titus 3, by sending his only begotten son. See, the good news becomes good to them when they realize how undone they are and that they're getting ready to die and stand before the judge of their eternal soul and to be undone before him, found wanting without Christ. And so many of them will be convicted and hasten toward Christ. So realize, though, that this conviction is going to be the light of God's truth piercing to the darkness of the individual that you are speaking with. And what's going to happen at that point? What's going to happen is that they are going to feel the light. They're going to sense the light. They're going to experience the light of holiness, the holy truth of the Lord, because His word is law, is holy, just, and good, according to Romans 7, 12. And they're going to say something like, well, only God is the judge. And you see, what they're doing is trying to cover up things. and They're reacting. That's a good thing. Now, what I like to tell them is something like this. Yes, you're right. God is the only judge. And we've all sinned against him and are guilty, according to the book of Romans. We're guilty. We're found to be wanting in his holy eyes because he's holy, holy, holy. And the only judge, God, the very judge of our eternal soul, has spoken clearly in his 66 glorious books of the canon of his word. And therefore, we are without excuse, he said. You see, the judge, you're right, God is the only judge, and the judge has spoken. Why? Because he loves us, and he wants us to have a relationship with him now on earth so that we can also experience one eternally. I want to encourage you, friend, to, to get that in your system and as, get the working knowledge of this truth and proceed from there with preaching the word of God to these people that he has ordained and given us to plant in the hearts of men. But that's how I would encourage you and ask you to pray about responding when people say, oh, well, only God can judge. Because when you begin to give them scripture and they're feeling convicted, they're going to feel the condemnation of the law and of their own conscience. And they're going to say something many times, and many of you know this because you are evangelizing, and you hear people say this, and that's a real good thing. That means God's really working. The law is doing its work to cut them down and make them realize they're undone in the eyes of a holy God. And they're going to say things like that. Oh, well, only God can judge because, you know, people feel like you're judging them, even no matter how hard you're trying not to come across that way. And But it's really the, the Word of God that's judging them. It's showing them that they're not right with God, which is exactly exactly what it, God sends it for to do so that they can cry out and call upon the name of the Lord and be saved, hallelujah, in repentance and faith toward Jesus Christ. So I would encourage you again to consider telling them something to the effect that it is the Lord who is the judge. The Bible tells us there's only one lawgiver and one judge, James 4, 11 and 12. And that one judge loves us so much that he gave us his word so that we could pass his judgment instead of failing his judgment and then you know proceed with ministering the word of God it's true that there's only one judge but it's also true that the judge has spoken and his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path so that we will know how to know him now the second point I want to talk about is I spoke with a man today at length 
He's an older man in his 70s. And he kept making a statement. He's an attorney. And he kept making the statement as I was ministering the word to him in the love of God that, you know, well, that works for them. You know, that works for them. You know, I was ministering to him. Him and I both grew up Catholic about some of the falsehoods. There's so many. It's they're innumerable. But some of the falsehoods of the Roman Catholic Church. And he said, well, for some people that works for them. I said, well, that's not going to work for them eternally. It's not going to work for them at all when they stand in judgment before God. He's going to say, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire. I never knew you. You know, Matthew 7, Matthew 25, etc. The only way to get to God and to be in relationship with God is on his terms, not our own. And then I ministered to him the first and the second commandment because he was breaking those two commandments. I'm not going to go into the details of his rhetoric and what he was saying, but you guys know what I'm talking about, where people begin to fashion a God in their own image. And they think that, you know, just because they don't believe in hell or they don't believe in sin or they don't believe God is going to judge them for their sin, that somehow that undoes the whole eternal truth of those things actually happening, which is nonsense. It's like jumping off a 10-story building and, you know, believing that because you believe you're not going to go splat at the bottom, that you won't. Well, I got news for you. When you hit the bottom, you're going to be going splat. You're going to be a puddle. It's not going to change things. Denial changes nothing. Anyway, the first commandment says you shall have no other gods, no other gods before me. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. You want to memorize the Ten Commandments, friend. All ten of them. Write them down on index cards. Whatever you need to do, memorize them. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You are going to be a tool in the hands of God that's going to be a meat for the master's use and prepare to every good work by memorizing the Ten Commandments. You may want to write them down and carry them around in your pocket on index cards for a time so that you could share them with lost sinners that God puts in your path so that you could truly help them. Hallelujah. Now, the second commandment, what does it say? It says, verse 4, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. So, and then it says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. We all know that the Roman Catholic Church literally does that to physical plaster of Paris or golden or wooden idols. But in most cases, most of us, all sinners, I should say, have the image of a false god in our minds and hearts. The man I was talking to today somehow believed that God was just a merciful God. God wasn't going to severely judge him. Well, I enlightened him or sought to through the word of God that he had made up a false God in his own image, in his mind, crafted him according to his own liking, according to his own sinful lifestyle, and that that wasn't going to work eternally, that the reality was going to hit when he stood before God. And in order to be prepared and ready to stand before God and to be accepted of the Father, he needed to repent and receive Christ and to allow God to speak for himself as to who he is. And one of the things he is, is holy, holy, holy. Holy, and he is the great judge of the earth, the scripture says, before whom the earth and the heavens shall flee away in the book of Revelation. And we shall all stand before him to give account. And the books are going to be open according to Revelation chapter 20, beginning in verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them and I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book 
books according to their works. Now, I would think that means the books of the Bible, the 66 glorious books of the scriptures. Jesus says in John 12, 48, and Paul said in Romans 2, 16, that we're going to be judged according to the gospel, which is written on the pages of scripture. Now, some believe that's either the books of the Bible or the books that are recorded on each individual's life. I'm sure it could be both, but I believe it's definitely the word of God, and we're going to be judged according to it. Verse 13, as we finish here, friend, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of of fire. God bless you, friend. I pray that today God would open up doors for the ministry of the Word of God and that it would be given free course in our hearts and in our mouths and in the hearts of those we speak to, that He would prepare hearts to be convicted and to be brought to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. God bless you, friend. Feel free to visit SafeguardYourSoul.com. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.